coming up in this show. If agencies have been taking uh, or making use of the furlough scheme, then you need to be thinking about, okay, if, if furloughing ends at this point and we haven't got uh, how many staff, what do we need to do with our staff costs? If it ends in October, what revenue levels do we need to do we need to be hitting to be able to justify everyone at 100%, maybe asking people to take a take up, whether that's letting some staff go. That was Paul Winterflood from Moore Kingston Smith, chartered accountants and leading business advisors to the marketing and media sectors. In a few minutes, Simon Quarrenden and I joined Paul to discuss marketing agencies and finance. And no one is better placed to talk Turkey about the terrible times ahead, and no one has better advice for agency leaders on how to pull ahead of the pack. Whether you're an agency leader or you employ agencies, you can't afford to miss this. These magic numbers are the ones that will carry your agency through the crisis. You're listening to Marketing Trek. It's been a tough old time in the marketing sector this year. Many agencies we're talking to have fared pretty well, but there is a runway ahead and it's getting shorter. Clients that have effectively furloughed their agencies need to get them back or all the IP that they've invested in their agencies is simply going to disappear. In our opinion, no one is better placed to talk about agency finance than more Kington Smith's Paul Winterflood. MKS is the go-to agency for the marketing sector and its annual survey of marketing agencies, as Dom and I know only too well, sets the benchmark for all to follow. We're delighted to welcome him to the show. Paul, we, we were wanted to take a look. Obviously, we've had a bit of a trying year so far. H1 is literally just coming to an end. And many agencies will have been through a pretty tough time. And that's coming off the back of 2019, which seemed like an okay year. What's happening in the UK marketing sector as a whole right now? I think, as you say, it's been a real mixed bag. 2020 started off with very, very high levels of optimism, particularly post-election and with Brexit relatively sorted. It felt like certainly from from my team's perspective in the M&A space, we, we were expecting 2020 to be an exceptionally good year. Then the storm clouds really started to gather over, over February and March time. I think what we're hearing from, from clients that it, it varies depending on the vertical that, um, that our clients are operating in. So key agencies in the travel and hospitality space, they're, they're really, really struggling. Conversely, clients that, that do a lot of digital, I think digital transformation, for instance, I think, um, I think Mark Reed said that businesses have been doing 10 years worth of their digital transformation in three months. They're clearly doing exceptionally well. So it's a, well, I think the sector as a whole is probably down. That there are good stories and there are exceptionally sorry stories at the moment. So it's a real, real, a real mixture. And Simon, within our own network, are you seeing that echoed across the agency group? What, what does normal look like for a marketing agency right now? Uh, well, I'm afraid normal at the moment looks completely abnormal. So it's, it's difficult because nobody's got any precedence on which to build or to say, well, let's model it going forwards based on what happened in the past. It's a completely turbulent environment. Um, and, but we are beginning to see some differences. Um, as I think more Kingston Smith and some of their many, many excellent reports would suggest, if you've got a real focus, if you've got a real understanding of your client base, if you've got a really carefully considered value proposition, you'll do pretty well. And if any of those are in any way weak or woolly, then it tends to struggle. And I think that's borne out across our agency network. Okay, one of the things that um, I was initially aware of um, about MKS 
Paul, was you have a really good KPI structure that gives any agency owner a pretty well-established benchmark to measure themselves against. Can you talk to me a little bit about those numbers and whether they're appropriate now or if they are, which ones are? At MKS, we've been analysing the financial performance of marketing agencies for over 25 years and uh, produce an annual survey every year which analyses the uh, KPIs of the sector. There's five financial KPIs in particular that we say that all agencies should focus on. The first and probably the most, the one we often say is the most important because if you get this one right, it more often than not translates into profitability and into growth and into a, into a, is an indicator of a strong strong agency is the uh, is the staff cost ratio. Our stretch target for staff cost, which we find that fewer and fewer agencies are actually able to achieve, unfortunately, is that no more than fifty five percent of gross income should be spent on staff cost. The stretch target where we find that more agencies were able to hit it, but unfortunately still quite a lot don't. Up to last year, with the upward pressure on staff costs, this was getting harder and harder. The more realistic target is around 60% for, for staff costs, but that is absolutely a key driver. That one in particular, it always stays true. So if your gross income is dropping through this crisis, then you need to try and find a way to keep your staff costs in that bracket. Uh, we see a lot of agencies, and I look at a lot of numbers from a lot of agencies in my day job, and they all define things differently. When you're talking about gross revenues, are you talking absolute top line, or are you taking off things like media costs? So we take so that when we're talking about gross income, we're talking about top line revenue less sporting costs. Another KPI we look at is gross income per head. Our target for this is 120,000. That's the stretch target again. The non-stretch target is around 100,000. The reason why that's a, that's an important KPI is that's the best indicator of productivity, as it takes into account charge out rate, utilisation, and, and the staff mix around the agency. Again, I think that's another important one for agencies to consider. It, if I was to guess. I, I expect that, that that one in particular will be dropping this year as an agency will have retained staff through, through the furlough scheme at the moment, but a lot of revenues clearly will have dropped. The third one, which is of utmost importance at the moment, is the overhead cover on the balance sheet. So we say that there should be at least three months of overhead in net current assets on, on the balance sheet. We did a outlook survey for businesses in the sector back in April, and quite positively, we found that uh, the majority of agencies were following that advice, and they had they expected to have at least six months uh, of cash and net current assets on their balance sheet to be able to survive. So we're optimistic that a lot of agencies will be able to survive this because they were being sensible going into this crisis and, and, and were retaining uh, good levels on their balance sheet. Then the two other KPIs, I guess these are more of a function of the previous two in particular with the staff cost and gross income ratios, which is the operating profit margin. We said agencies should target a margin of 20% and also agencies should be targeting a, a positive revenue growth. Um, those are our five KPIs that we um, that we look at. And if those, those agencies that, that do achieve uh, all of those five are, are admitted into our into our hall of fame each year. I think last year we found that uh, there were 13 agencies in our survey that achieved all of those KPIs. Increasingly, we find it's the large agencies that can hit every single one of them. But I think it's a, a every agency owner their their targets, which which are always good to have in your um, in your mind at all times.
Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, Dom and I actually did attend your event last year where you announced the, the winners and we saw the Hall of Fame. The assumption, I guess, this year is that that hall is going to be pretty sparsely attended. You, you, you mentioned uh, in briefing passing the larger agencies um, find it easier, let's say, to hit those targets. Why is that? Is that because they've got more developed financial management capabilities? Is that because there's a uh, the management team are motivated by financial metrics? You know, why why are the larger agencies finding it easier when the smaller ones, who you would assume are more nimble, can't? I think it's possibly in the way that teams are built up. Um, I think if you're having an agency team, you, you, you get to a certain size and scale where you really start to be able to generate growth and and have the right mix of mix of staff. Now, if you're a small agency and maybe only have a few hundred thousand of fee income, then for you to be able to sustain a, a, a staff cost level at the fifty five percent target, you're probably not going to be spending much on staff costs. So to get the to get the expertise. Uh, and the and the diversity in team, you do need to be a, you do need to be at a bigger scale to be able to, to be able to hit it. And I think that, that's probably why that trend trend holds true. I think the smaller agencies in particular do find it quite difficult on the on the staff cost level to attract the talent and and keep the revenue targets in check. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. It's good to hear that you think a number of agencies or most agencies are going to survive the crisis reasonably well because they've been stewarding their cash. But that's not the case for everybody, particularly at the small and medium-sized agency where typically the owners will be taking quite a lot of their free cash out as dividends every year. What are the options for agencies who find their cash runway is short? So I think that agencies whose cash runways are getting short, the way they should be approaching it is to be very proactive on it and, and, and to be realistic. So it's important to review uh, where your currency at. Secondly, you should be doing a series of uh, financial modeling analysis. So modeling out various scenarios. I think if agencies have been taking uh, or making use of the furlough scheme, then you need to be thinking about, okay, if, if furloughing ends at this point and we haven't got uh, how many staff, what do we need to do with our staff costs? If it ends in October, what revenue levels do we need to do we need to be hitting to be able to justify everyone at 100%, maybe asking people to take a take up, whether that's letting some staff go. The best agencies who and the agencies who 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 operate most effectively will have uh, almost war games the the scenarios in advance. So if they get to October and they uh, and they don't think the revenues are high enough, then they will, they'll know exactly what to, what they're going to do in that scenario. Whereas agencies where uh, they are sort of living living day to day and constantly firefighting, it's very hard to make strategic decisions. That, the long term, you clearly can be looking at your cost base, but then there's also opportunities if there's agencies that you're working alongside who are maybe bigger than there may be there may be partnership opportunities that, that that you that you may that you may want to may want to discuss. So 
Um, th- there's definitely options out there. It's, it's just better to plan in advance. Is probably my my my, uh, my key recommendation for for agencies that think they may not necessarily come unstuck, but run into difficulties in the autumn. Uh, I think there will be, unfortunately, I think there will be a lot of agencies who have been protected by the furlough scheme, and when when that support does start to be does start to be turned off. Uh, then I think there will be a, a number in difficulty, unfortunately. I think Wargaming is a really good, really good call, actually. It's not necessarily, I mean, we we actually use Wargaming ourselves with different scenarios, but it's not something I've looked at for looking at what happens in September. And that I'm making a mental note to myself to get on board that as soon as we finish this podcast. Um, d- just one last thing. It looks like we're coming out of this thing now. It looks like things are starting to return to normal, but we don't know how quickly that's going to happen. What do you think the future of the agency landscape looks like? Do you think this is going to lead to a wave of consolidation? Do you think there'll be lots of new startups? What do you think the sort of short and medium term look like in the marketing sector? Again, I think it's very exciting. It, it's that whilst the turbulence uh, and clearly it's going to be a, it's quite it's going to be a very difficult time for a lot of agencies. I think in the medium term, there's going to be a lot of innovation. Uh, recessions often create new businesses, create innovative thinkers who can operate differently clearly there's a lot of talk about what the new normal is going to be from a work perspective now agencies that can find effective ways of working remote teams and maybe meeting up maybe once a week as opposed to three or four times a week for a london-based agency that doesn't have to spend as much much of their cost on premises cost that can have a big impact so there's definitely going to be um i definitely expect some sort of um, movement on that i think a lot of clients that i speak to say that they're Definitely, actively monitoring how they what their new normal will look like from a from a premises uh, premises perspective. I think in terms of the world of that acquisition, there's been a lot of private equity interest in the sector for uh, the last few years. Um, private equity have got a lot of cash to spend still. They're just looking for the right the right assets. So businesses which can demonstrate that they're tr- they're trading well, particularly in the digital, particularly with those with digital capabilities, will 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 trade strong. I think it may take slightly longer for the traditional marketing services acquirers to come back as they need to get their own houses into order before they then start acquiring. But our outlook is we'd expect the market to be picking up significantly in the next twelve months, maybe maybe sort of quarters three and four uh, of twenty twenty one. I think we'll see a lot of consolidation at the back end of this year, but maybe that's more of on, on a distressed sale basis where agencies are having to uh, are looking to looking to partner up to to survive. But I definitely think in terms of the in terms of the sector, I'd expect it to be uh, expect it to be as innovative uh, as ever and to come out of this stronger as a result. That was Paul Winterflood from More Kingston Smith, and we seriously hope you managed to keep up. If not. You can find all those KPIs and key takeaways on our website at marketingtrek.co.uk. Thank you, Paul. We really enjoyed speaking to you and we'll have you back in the real studio once the pandemic has passed. So I think one of the really interesting things I've thought about the agency benchmarks, so this is something that Matthew, our financial controller, brings up with me all the time is our, one of our key metrics is net revenues per employee. And we also have the same benchmark. So £120,000 per employee is our benchmark. But Matthew's keen to point out that actually increasingly people are adopting, Simon, what you call the Hollywood model, where they have more freelancers, a bigger group of freelancers they use more often, and a smaller group of staff in-house. And that makes measuring that 
part of productivity really hard. It, it does, but but they're still staff and, and therefore their costs have to be included. You would be drawing the wrong conclusions if you said, well, I've only got five staff, but actually you've got 15 freelancers doing all the, all the heavy lift. You've got to include the freelance cost. Now, obviously moving to freelancers gives you more flexibility and uh, you know, I'm afraid the cost of employing people is going up all the time. So you know, the freelance uh, model works for a lot of agencies, particularly in terms of flexibility. But don't, but don't ignore those costs because they're still there. And what, why do you think there is a disparity now between the fees agencies feel they can charge and what they're having to pay their people? Because there is definitely a squeeze on the, on the top end between the, the billable fees and you know, staff salaries. And, and it's not happening in other sectors, right? Accountants and lawyers other professional services, they're putting their rates up all the time. What's going on in the marketing sector? Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very broad brush to say that the marketing sector are not particularly good at negotiation because, because clearly some of them are. Um, but, but you've got to have a very, I'm afraid it does come back to, you've got to have a very clear idea of what your value proposition is and you've got to persuade the client that, that what you're offering them is of value to them and therefore it's something that they have to pay. Um, and, you know, we can get a bit hung up about timesheets and hours and, you know, what, what different people are charged out at. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if you can't demonstrate value to the client in whatever that looks like, then you are, I'm afraid, going to struggle to get your fees up. You're listening to Marketing Trek. That's a pretty good place to end today's show, I reckon, Simon. So if you've enjoyed today's show, folks, please tell us. Why not subscribe to our podcast by going to marketingtrek.co.uk or finding us on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, Deezer, YouTube, you name it, all the other places, anywhere where you find good podcasts, you will find us. Simply search for Marketing Trek and then you should be able to find a subscribe button. We are also, by the way, always grateful for reviews and feedback, particularly on Apple Podcasts. If you've already given us five stars, thank you. And if you haven't, it's not too late. Next episode, we continue our theme of finance and marketing agencies, and we look at mergers and acquisitions. Thank you for listening to this one. And until next time, that's a wrap. Marketing Trek is brought to you by Selby Anderson.